today on CityCast Denver. What happens to young people in Colorado when they age out of the foster care system? My education was no longer my priority. Surviving was. There are more than 4,000 foster children in Colorado, and a new bill moving through the Colorado State House would help make sure they have the support they need to find their way. So it's just like, how can we best navigate that messiness to give this youth the best chance that they can have for a good outcome in life and not to have their family then end up entering the foster care system and causing that generational trauma and a lot of generational damage. Today is Tuesday, May 4th, 2021. I'm Bree Davies, and this is CityCast Denver. Let's take a look at the news. After a handful of cool, rainy days, the sunshine is creeping back in with a high of 62 and only a slight chance of showers. In complicated COVID updates, the governor announced that Coloradans gathering inside in groups of 10 or more are no longer required to wear masks if at least 80% of the group is vaccinated. People must show proof of vaccination in order to remove their masks in these situations. What that proof is or how it's verified isn't quite clear. The COVID bandit strikes again, this time at Boulder's Flagstaff House. The anonymous big tipper left a $4,600 tip with instructions to give a portion to each staff member at the restaurant. What the world needs now is more big tippers. For more than 4,000 children and youth living in foster care in Colorado, the reality of life after they turn 18 is full of unknowns. Like, how do you know how to open a bank account if you've never had one before? Or how do you find an apartment? And for many of these young people, those open questions quickly turn into very hard realities. Over a third, that's more than one in three Coloradans in foster care, will be homeless by the time they turn 21. Uh, Good afternoon, Madam Chair and members of the committee. This is 26-year-old Viviana Cervantes talking to the Colorado General Assembly back in March. I left foster care with a $500 a month stipend that I had no clue how to manage or use. The money was blown in things that I will not, I can't even tell you. I found myself in my dorm room, aged out directly from residential treatment, with a bag full of psychiatric medications that I knew I had to take, but with little awareness of why and for how long. I was sent into a mental health journey full of withdrawals, unstable moods, and mistrust for a system that swore to help me with the issues that I faced. My education was no longer my priority, surviving was. Viviana was testifying in favor of a new bill to help people like her. It would set up a grant program and allow young people to stay in the foster care system and receive services all the way until they turn 21, instead of cutting them off when they turn 18. This bill will provide options, safety, and support. The ability for youth to find themselves in a very complex world before it finds them, and it'll help them gain knowledge and insight from someone more than themselves. My guest today is Natasha Pepperell, a foster parent, a podcaster, and a supporter of the bill. We're going to talk about why she thinks this is such an important change to make right now. Your show is wonderful. I've listened to a couple episodes, and I I don't have any personal experience with the foster care system in any way, and it's been really eye-opening. So I guess that's where I'd like to start is, um, what is your personal experience with the foster care system? So I actually started out as a volunteer through 
a local um, human services center. All the kids would come in for a night and all the caretakers could get a few hours off and a bunch of kids would just be running around. (laughs) So um, through that, it really opened my eyes up to like how kids in care are really just kids. I think I had some fear around them before and that really broke that down. And then from there, just got interested in becoming a foster parent. And when you said you kind of had some fear um, around the, the thought of these, these kids in foster care, can you talk a little bit about what you mean by that? Sure. I think, you know, kids in care in society are often painted right in really extremes. And so I think I just kind of had internalized some of that, but really at the heart of it, right? Kids are just kids and every kid deserves a family. And having been around these kids firsthand, I can see how sometimes foster care just becomes a bed where a kid can stay and they're not getting one life skills and then to that community family environment. So what are some ways you make your home feel welcoming to these kids, whether they're staying with you for a couple days or long term? Right. So something my partner and I really try to do is to make every kid feel comfortable and safe as soon as possible and valued. And that can often take time, right? Because these kids come and they come with their wells up. Uh, What's interesting, too, is with teens and tweens, sometimes we'll see kids come head to toe covered in clothing, even if it's like really warm outside. And it's a way for them to feel protected um, and safe. And what's cool is to see kids become more and more comfortable and you see differences, right, in how they act. Like maybe they'll wear short sleeves when they wouldn't before. They feel comfortable doing that. Um, When we have a placement, we do tell them, you know, we consider you family. You know, it's up to you how you want to consider us, but we want to be a part of your life, you know, moving forward. You know, whether you're going to be in our home till you're 18 or not, you know, we'd love to be a support for you. And um, just also being open to feedback and being humble and being like, hey, I know I'm not going to get it right all the time. Feel free to give me feedback. We want this to be something that works for you, too. And a placement means a kid living full time in your home as opposed to respite care, which is more short term. Right. And there's a new bill up for consideration called the Foster Youth and Transition Bill that aims to support youth coming out of the foster care system and into adulthood. Can you talk a little bit about what what this bill is about? Sure. So what this does is it provides kids who normally would have totally aged out of the system with extra support so that they can make a more successful transition into adulthood. And I see this bill as being really vital because, for example, we had a teen living in our home, an older teen, and we had asked our team, which is the team of professionals around a child, hey, can we open up a bank account for her so she can start getting experience like using a debit card, keeping track of money in a bank account? And they said, we've never been asked that before for any kid. Wow. And I that just blew my mind. I'm like, she's getting ready to go out into the world. And what if she had never had the opportunity to know how you set up a bank account, you know, and, uh, you know, we were able to do that for her. And I think those things really add up and make a difference because they're having to navigate all sorts of things, often with no support network. I think It's 20% of kids become instantly homeless when aging out of the foster care system. So not only are they having to figure out all this other stuff, but what if they have to also figure out banking 
right? Or even uh, getting a driver's license. Um, a lot of times these kids might not have the documents necessary to go out and do stuff like that. And I've seen that too in my home where, you know, a kid might not have a social security card and, you know, they, then they can't go get their permit or they might not have other forms of ID. So um, this bill also would help kids go and get those important documents too. Wow. Yeah, I never thought about that. But like I've had a bank account since my mom just started one for me as a child. And then as I got older, it was like, here's how you use it. But we wouldn't necessarily, it's kind of just like second nature sometimes to just have that or that's it's a privilege just to have that there. Right. So, you know, so when you're talking about aging out, this is like at 18, they're out of this system where there's some some semblance of support. So would with this bill, would kids be able to re-enter, say they're 19 or 20 years old, would they able, be able to sort of like come back and access some of these services that they, they maybe didn't get access to after they left the system? Exactly. And sometimes too, what happens is kids are like, hey, you know, they turn 18, I'm totally done with the system, right? Like, I'm so frustrated. I'm done. So what's great is this bill allows kids to, you know, go out into the world if that's what they choose to do at that time and then be like, hey, actually, I really could use some supports. Like, let me come back and get those. So I think it's just so important because there is so many cracks when it comes to the foster care system just by design. Like there's so many child welfare professionals doing the best that they can every single day. But the demand is just so overwhelming. And this is hard stuff. And that's also what I've learned too in my time up close with the foster care system is sometimes there's no right answer. It's just like a lot of messiness. And so it's just like, how can you we best navigate that messiness to give this youth the best chance that they can have for a good outcome in life and not, you know, to have their family then end up entering the foster care system and causing that generational trauma and a lot of generational damage. Is that seen a lot where kids who have grown up in that system, that tends to be what repeats in their own lives, maybe when they have children? Yes, it does happen a lot. And it just makes sense to me, though, too, because it's like, yeah, if you never have that opportunity to have a healthy family or even be part of a family, how how can you do that for your kids, right? Like, you don't... <laughs> Babies don't come out with instruction manuals, right? You hear that a lot. But also, too, you know, seven out of 10 girls who age out of the foster care system have a kid before the age of 21. So we're seeing really young parents. You know, at 21, I couldn't have raised a kid probably in the best way. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, and it's I know it's a big question, but what are the gaps or problems that you see that still need to be addressed in the foster care system? I think it really goes back down to like how, you know, foster care has to be so much more than a safe place for these kids to be. And, you know, not to discount all the amazing foster care parents out there, but this is hard work and yeah. it's easy to get burned out. And I've been at that point where I'm like, you know what, <laughs> I'd love to just throw in the towel and walk away. Uh, it takes a lot to stay, especially because I talked about like how messy it all is too. And, you know, there's just a lot of heartbreak involved no matter what. So I think um, a huge thing would be, you know, more permanency within the system in terms of like, you know, getting a placement and being able to stick with that placement. And yeah, just those life skills that kids like we're talking about that a lot of us take for granted that we got, you know, starting at a very young age. But there's a lot to juggle. And, you know, and being a foster parent, I saw like how easy it is for some things to just fall through the cracks, right? To like, you know, yeah. maybe put off 
um, opening that bank account or put off summer school or all these other different things when there's so many different things demanding your attention, right? Like supervised visits with their biological family, you know, making sure they stay connected with their other siblings who might not be living in the same home or with, you know, previous foster families who played a really important role in their life. There's just so much to juggle and it's, it's impossible to keep all those balls juggling, I feel like at times. So sure. So your podcast, Justice Special, is coming back soon for another season. And you, you usually you chat with parents and kids and workers connected to the foster care system across the country. But I know this season you're doing work beyond the podcast because you're creating a database of resources. Can you talk a little bit about what this part of the project is? So, you know, even in becoming a foster parent, it was kind of difficult for me to figure out, like, what's that first step? And I thought, you know, if I'm struggling to do that, how many other people are as well? And there is no comprehensive database of foster care resources. It just doesn't exist. And so, We're partnering with um, several local organizations to make this happen. We're also trying to recruit volunteers to help us. There's so many resources out there. We're going to start with resources in Colorado, and then the goal is to build this out to be a national database of resources so people can easily see, you know, places to get clothes, um, school supplies, you know, mentoring opportunities, employment opportunities for kids in care. Those are huge, too, as well. Um, We would love to be including trauma-informed medical professionals. That's something I've definitely seen too firsthand is how hard it is sometimes for these kids to go to the doctor or go to the dentist or somewhere where they're being touched. It can be re-triggering if if the Mm. doctor or dentist or medical professional isn't telling them beforehand, like, hey, here's what's going to happen next. Or like even giving them like a few minutes to like just stop and breathe can make such a massive difference. So yes, we really want to make this easy for a foster parent to be able to, you know, go down that list of resources in the resource database and be like, you know, here's what I need, or even here's what I didn't even know I need. But here it is. That was foster parent Natasha Pepperell. You can hear her podcast, Just as Special, wherever you listen to CityCast. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell a friend about us, rate the show wherever you get your podcasts, and subscribe to our excellent morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Later. (laughs) Oh, it's May the 4th be with you day. Isn't that a big deal for nerds?